And now, on this March 11th, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Mark, chapter 15, verses 1 through 47. When you face the unjust assaults of an evil world, remember Jesus. The world says, defend yourself. But Jesus was silent. The world says, pamper yourself. But Jesus refused the drug. The world says, save yourself. But Jesus remained on the cross and finished the work the Father gave him to do. The chief priests were guilty of envy, and Pilate was guilty of compromise. Their sins led to the release of an evil man, the embarrassment of an innocent man, and the death of a good man. Yet envy and compromise are not looked upon as terrible sins today. The question is, should they be? Mark chapter 15, verses 1 through 47. Very early in the morning, the leading priests, other leaders, and teachers of religious law, the entire high council, met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Yes, it is as you say. Then the leading priests accused him of many crimes, and Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to say something? What about all these charges against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now it was the governor's custom to release one prisoner each year at Passover time, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at that time was Barabbas, convicted along with others for murder during an insurrection. The mob began to crowd in toward Pilate, asking him to release a prisoner as usual. "'Should I give you the king of the Jews?' Pilate asked. For he realized by now that the leading priests had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priests stirred up the mob to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. "'But if I release Barabbas,' Pilate asked them, "'what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews?' They shouted back, Crucify him! Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the crowd only roared the louder, Crucify him! So Pilate, anxious to please the crowd, released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to crucify him. The soldiers took him into their headquarters, and called out the entire battalion. They dressed him in a purple robe and made a crown of long, sharp thorns, and put it on his head. Then they saluted, yelling, Hail, King of the Jews! And they beat him on the head with a stick, spit on him, and dropped to their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. A man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the country just then, and they forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon is the father of Alexander and Rufus. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means Skull Hill. They offered him wine, drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. 
Then they nailed him to the cross. They gambled for his clothes, throwing dice to decide who would get them. It was nine o'clock in the morning when the crucifixion took place. A signboard was fastened to the cross above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, The King of the Jews. Two criminals were crucified with him, their crosses on either side of his. And the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha! Look at you now! They yelled at him. You can destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, can you? Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the two criminals who were being crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then, at that time, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a stick so he could drink. "'Leave him alone. Let's see whether Elijah will come and take him down,' he said. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom— when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, Truly, this was the Son of God. Some women were there, watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James the Younger and of Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Then they and many other women had come with him to Jerusalem. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, an honored member of the High Council, Joseph from Arimathea, who was waiting for the kingdom of God to come, gathered his courage and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for the Roman military officer in charge and asked him. The officer confirmed the fact and Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth, and taking Jesus' body down from the cross, he wrapped it in the cloth and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where Jesus' body was laid. Hi, my name is Nick Henson. I'm about to phase up to phase three. I just wanted to give some words of encouragement to uh, the brothers phase one and uh, really throughout the ministry. Um, I really came in here broken. Um, I've been here honestly a few times before and I've never really submitted to God. I was never really serious about uh, the walk. And uh, since I've been here this time, it's just the way God's moved in my life. It's been totally different. And uh, it all started from a point of brokenness and um, just really 
really looking at my past and seeing where I've took the will back into my hands, opposed to letting God take over for me. And uh, this time, it's just it's it's been totally different, and it's been just an act of uh, really surrendering my life, surrendering my will, and uh, just being open and honest, talking about things that I haven't really talked about before. Um, just being more intimate with brothers. And uh, I just I encourage all y'all to find them few brothers, or it could be more, it could be, you know, whoever you're in this phase with, but find a couple that you can really be open and talk about anything who you can just puke on and you don't feel any uh, type of um, condemnation from them or anything like that. And uh, I just, I really encourage you guys just to press on, to keep doing this. And keep your mind here in this refuge. Don't let your mind drift off into the things in the future or the things that's going on outside of these walls. And uh, I love all y'all, and uh, I'll see you throughout the ministry. I am a soldier in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will either retire in this army at the rapture or die in this army, but I will not get out sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. If he needs me in the Sunday school to teach the children, work with the youth, help adults, or just sit and learn, he can use me because I am there. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, climbed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I am in place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. I will win. My God has, has and will continue to supply all my needs. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments 
cannot silence me, and hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier marching heaven bound. Here I stand. Who will stand with me? I am a soldier. Who will stand with me? Psalm 54, verses 1 through 7. David had not bothered the Ziphites, yet they turned against him to win favor with King Saul. The world does not love God's people, and even strangers will create problems for you while you seek to serve the Lord. Do what David did. Pray for God to take charge, protect you, and vindicate you against your enemies. God hears and God helps. When the answer comes, be sure you take time to praise the Lord. Psalm 54, verses 1 through 7. From the choir director, a meditation of David. Regarding the time, the Ziphites came and said to Saul, We know where David is hiding, to be accompanied by stringed instruments. Come with great power, O God, and rescue me. Defend me with your might. O God, listen to my prayer. Pay attention to my plea. For strangers are attacking me. Violent men are trying to kill me. They care nothing for God. But God is my helper. The Lord is the one who keeps me alive. May my enemies' plans for evil be turned against them. Do as you promised and put an end to them. I will sacrifice a voluntary offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For you will rescue me from my troubles and help me to triumph over my enemies. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. The godly are directed by their honesty. The wicked fall beneath their load of sin. The godliness of good people rescues them The ambition of treacherous people traps them.